what's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag Boss Lee or the People's Mentor. And this is episode 359 of the show. <laughs> uh, this is on a lot of good stuff. One of my favorite parts of this episode is about how it is a privilege to have pressure in your life. And so uh, I'm like hollering a bit in this episode. I'm being interviewed. It is so good. So make sure you take the time to listen to this. I really think you guys are going to love it and get really inspired to take more action. If you do love it, make sure you screenshot it, put in your story, tag me at I'm Boss Lee, tag some friends, and make sure you write maybe your number one takeaway. Every Monday I do do a giveaway. So make sure if you haven't already left a five-star review on, on Apple iTunes or on Spotify, you do so so you can enter that giveaway. Okay, okay. And today's reviewer of the show is K curry 0526 five stars i can only give five stars jesse lee is such an inspiration she is selfless in sharing her knowledge and has helped me boost my business in ways i never imagined i feel like we're best friends when i listen because only a true friend would call a girl out the way jesse lee does but she does it in a it in love and i'm forever grateful jesse lee podcasts are my love language and my upline knows that and sends me different episodes as she listens to them that's so cool <laughs> She gets me. Love you, JL. Love you guys, too. Appreciate you so much. And I really hope you love episode 359 of the show. Uh, Jesse Lee. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> tell every, for everyone who doesn't, for those who don't know you, tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Cool. So I'm Jesse Lee Wards. I do a lot. I'm a serial entrepreneur, first and foremost. So um, I do, I, I like everything business. My brain works in a super creative way and it always has. Um, I've always been a little bit different, but uh, my main source of income is a network marketing company. I'm number one in the world in my company. I'm actually at my headquarters right now. So that's kind of cool. I'm like never here. So, you know, COVID or whatever, but I'm here now. So that's cool. Uh, that's my main source of income. I use that as basically uh, funding for other projects. So I have tons of other, not tons, but I have many other businesses, many other streams of income. Um, but I coach, I teach, I train, I mentor. I'm really big on social media and um, I'm a dog mom. I'm a God mama. I just got another God baby 13 days ago is my nephew uh, also, but uh, my first nephew, I'm so excited. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a big mush ball and um, I don't know. I like, what do I like? I like steak. I like uh, adrenaline rushes. I like travel. I like, <laughs> I don't know. I like, you know, um, great place for steak. Aren't you, you're out in Texas, right? Yeah, I'm a Texan. I live in, uh, I live in North Dallas. I envy you. I envy Texas is the motherland for me. I love to hunt. I love Joe Rogan. I love freedom. So <laughs> I envy you guys big time. I actually, Oh my God. Summer. I, I'm, I'm standing at this like super desk and like the whole desk just moved down. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what I did, but we're going to try to raise that again. Oh my God. That was so extra. I love it. Uh, yeah, no, Texas is definitely where it's at. Um, I think the whole world is going to move to Texas because we don't have state income tax and anybody entrepreneurial minded is going to uh, move themselves there. So our real estate market is booming. Everything's booming. Texas is, Texas is just better. Well, listen, why do you think I might be visiting? Well, I will be visiting. Why do you think I'm visiting in the summer? Oh, well. Of exactly everything you, you just said. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of hunting, too. So the second I saw you can hunt wild hog from a helicopter, yeah. um, I kind of had no choice but to come down. But anyways, let's get let's get down to, to business. So you're, you're in the network marketing business. How did you get into that initially? 
Um, so initially, well, I started actually in direct sales. So 10 years ago is when I started in direct sales as, uh, just like a, you know, in people's homes kind of thing, which is great. Cause I cut my teeth in a really, really powerful way. Um, I'm thankful for it every day because direct sales, which is really like you buy the inventory from the company and then you go into people's houses and you don't really have the big downline. It's difficult. I mean, it is, it is not for the faint of heart. And, um, so I started there because I was living in a basement. I needed $300 a month to pay rent. And it just, it wasn't an option. Like I was going more broke every two weeks when I was working in a pathology lab as a research assistant. And everyone was so proud of me. They're like, oh my God, Jesse Lee made it. You know, like she's got a good job. She's got, I'm like, I, if this is making it, then life sucks. Like I don't want to be an adult. Like that was basically where I was 10 years ago. And so I joined um, a direct sales company and uh, really quickly took off. I've never been a, you know, one foot in, one foot out kind of person. I'm always an all in person in everything I do. And so I very much so went all in, boom, instantly, like explosion, let's go. Um, it wasn't until four and a half years later that I found network marketing. And it's funny because I'm friends I'm like really good friends actually with the guy now. We talk all the time. Uh, but he messaged me because he was prospecting me in a network marketing company. And I just kept telling him like, leave me alone, bro. Like this is not it for me. <laughs> like, I am not. I am a lifer in my direct sales company because I was you know, 25 years old, I was making 200 grand a year. And I was kind of like, there's nothing better than this. Like nobody can tell me nothing. There's nothing better than 200 grand a year when you're 20, 22, 23, 24 and 25. And, um, <laughs> I get, you know, I guess there is. Right. So he met some, he this message, his name is Chris and Chris sends me a message and he just says, listen, I know you're not going to join me. I keep prospecting you, you know, doing these like cold messages basically. Cause we didn't actually know each other. Um, you know, you keep sending me these, these messages and, and you're not, or I keep sending these messages. You're not responding, but if you were to take your numbers from your party plan that I see you doing these direct sales and you were to put it in a network marketing company, I think you're going to see something. And I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to see? You know, like, what are you talking about? And sure enough, I go ahead, I plug it in. There was only one company I knew for sure was network marketing. Cause I hadn't really, I didn't really know the term, you know, I just thought it was like those scams. <laughs> So like, I was like, no, I'm not doing that crap, that recruiting and whatever. I'm not, I'm not here for it. So I like really was not that open to it. And I said, you know what, whatever. And I plugged my numbers, just my exact numbers into the only network marketing company that I knew of. And I would have been almost a million dollar a year earner at 25 years old. And it, I mean, it messed me up, man. Like it messed me up. I was like, oh. <gasps> I mean, I went from unrecruitable to get me a freaking network marketing company in like four seconds. I went from like, I love this company to F this company real fast. Um, and so I actually, it took me nine days, but I joined the company nine days later, became number one in that company in the world in 16 months, um, was untimely terminated after 22 months. That was fun. Um, then joined the company I'm with right now. I'm in the ketone conversation. I don't know how, I don't know how many months it took me to become number one, but I'm number one in the world here. Year. been here three and a half years literally not going anywhere um I know I said that before but like for real real like it when you think of my company you think of me when you think of ketones you think of Jesse Lee when you think of like it's me you know like this is my jam I'm not going anywhere so um you'd have to drag me out of here kicking and screaming <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. I became a, uh, with Eric Worre, after 10 months of this company, I made my first million dollars. I became a verified million dollar earner in 10 months here. And then now, you know, I do that, you know, every couple of months I turn over, um, million dollars. So that's me. Awesome. So, so when you, when you got started initially, you, um, when you were at the pathology lab and you were doing direct sales, did you, were you doing that kind of as like a side thing to cover your bills or did you just like bounce from, from the, the pathology lab and started doing that full time? Oh no, no, no. Like I did not want to do this full time. No, no, no. I was like, I am, um, by nature, like a rule follower. <laughs> No, like I've never been one to like break the rules. I've never been rebellious. Um, I mean, we all have our vices, but it, I was never a wild child. I was always very straight and narrow. I was raised by my grandparents, so it was like a whole other generation where I knew I'd get my butt beat, you know, if I uh, if I were to to like you know veer on the wrong path. So I've never been wild like that. And so I got the job in the lab, and I thought, oh my god, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm a good adult, you know. I'm a, I'm contributing to society, right? Like that was me in my mind. Um, and then when I realized I was just going broke every two weeks, I was like, well, that's not good either. Like that's, you know, that's obviously not positive. You know, you don't want to go broke every, uh, every two weeks or not broke, but you don't want to lose money every two weeks. And so I needed to find out how to make another $300, like I said, to pay rent. And, um, it was just supposed to be supplemental. I mean, I thought that this was just going to be a little bit of supplemental income, you know, allow me to finally, um, you know, go out with friends cause I was making excuses at 22 years old as to why I, I can't go out drinking or I can't go out dancing or I can't go out, um, you know, to the, to the bar or I can't go like dancing, you know, or, Oh no, we can't, I can't go to dinner. I can't do this. Da, 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 da. Like I kept making excuses. And so I thought, Oh, well, if I make enough for rent, then I don't have to stress about that. And then I can make a little bit of extra money and I can go out and then I can, you know, maybe, you know, get a, get a, I don't know, like a, like a gym membership or like whatever the extras are right I mean I had a card that hardly functioned 10 years ago um and then it it basically the way I look at entrepreneurship is you can build anything to the level in which you believe and at the time my level of which I could believe was definitely not a full-time income it was I think I can make a three I can make $300 a month and then when I did that I went oh well maybe I can make $500 a month and then I did that and I went oh well maybe I can make a thousand dollars a month and then I did that and I was like, oh, maybe I can make like $2,500 a month. And then it went like over and oh, like it just was like step by step by step by step. But no, I was not one of those people who's like, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to crush it. I'm going to become a six figure earner my first year, which I didn't do. I made 55 grand my first year. Okay. That's not six figures. Um, I don't, I haven't talked about that in a long time, but yeah, I wasn't a six figure earner in my first year, but I did it my second year and you know, just kind of went from there. So, but no, I, 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 I did not think that it would be this. No, no way. Mm. No way. Do you, so do you think if looking back, if you didn't have that pressure of having to make rent or having to have a little bit of extra money, like, because you were completely flat out broke, do you think you would have, would you have found the motivation or found the, the, the push, the drive to figure something out to start upping your, your income? Or do you think if you were if you were like if you were comfortable if you're making just enough to pay your bills and kind of go out from time to time working at the lab do you think you would never have taken that leap into doing something different? Well, first of all, I was never comfortable. Like I knew I didn't have a lot. Now I grew up in poverty, so it was like I had already made like a step out of poverty by working in the lab and then making a little bit of money. But 
no, like I was never comfortable. I always wanted more. I also was never normal. So like I would see people with things and be like, oh my God, like that must be nice. Now I was negative back then. So don't miss, like, don't misunderstand me. I was never like, I'm positive. Life is going to, no, no, no. I, but I would see people in like their polo shirts, even like their pants that fit because mind you, like my clothes literally didn't fit. I only had hand-me-downs and you know, so they were always too short or too long or too whatever. Uh, and I would see them, you know, I'm not stupid. And I'd be like, God, it would be nice. Or you'd see like a kid get dropped up at school in like a Mercedes and you're literally walking to school. Right. And I'd be like, you know, like what is so special about those people? And I kind of realized after, well, quite frankly, a lot of like, uh, I realized, man, there's nothing different about those people. There's nothing different about those people. And so the one thing I will say, though, about the struggles is that if anyone's writing down any notes on this, uh, pressure is a privilege, So the pressure of my youth growing up broke was a privilege. It made me never want that again. The pressure of having a job that I was going broke in, even though everybody was proud of me, was a privilege because I was like, this is not it. The pressure of, you know, I got fired, by the way, from the lab. The pressure of getting fired from the lab, losing that income and going, oh, that's not good. Like, that's not good. Thank God I started this little side gig. It was a privilege. Your pressure is a privilege. I think what stops a lot of people from doing big things in life is that your life is so easy. It just is. Your life is so freaking easy. It's like everything's handed to you. Your uncle gave you a job at his car dealership, so you never had to get a job. Or your mom was the dean of admissions at your college, so you got it no matter what. Or you grew up in a privileged neighborhood, and you're, you got, uh, your great-grandparents died, and you got an inheritance. It's easy. Well, guess what? My life was not easy. My adulthood has not been easy. I was terminated as the number one earner. I was making over 200 grand a month at 26 years old and I was terminated. Y'all, it was a privilege because I knew that if I did it once, I could do it again. And I just worked harder. I just worked harder. So I hope that answers the question, but I really... Oh, it does. Yeah, okay, <laughs> it good. Does. All right, I good. Got, you, do you think that... Because again, there's, if anyone here is listening, they kind of, they're, they at least have the balls to acknowledge, oh, I do have it easy. Do you, what, is there any, I hate using the word hack, but is there anything that people like that can do to get themselves out of that um, comfort, that, I guess you can say that comfort zone, getting them out of that, that uh, kind of state of homeostasis where it's like everything is just even, you know? Do you think that there's a way that people can kind of put them, uh, take themselves out of those comfortable situations so that they can start, like you say, uh, put, you know, having pressure on them to do something more, more, uh, you know, substantial. Yeah. Um, The first thing I will say is change your circle. Like you probably feel so comfortable because you're like the best or just like everyone you constantly surround yourself with. Uh, Get around different people. And I mean like the real ones because there's a lot of fake on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and the internet in general. Get around a real one. You know, somebody that you're like, no, that person really does have what they say they have. Um, Even if you have to 
weasel your way in around them, like offering them value, giving them something for free, getting their attention. I don't know, figure it out um, to get yourself in that circle where they will talk to you because people at different levels of their life, they speak differently. People listen to me now. They're like, she's a great orator. Okay. I've been talking for 10 years. Like I've been public speaking for 10 years. I better be good, you know, and I keep getting around people who are better and better increasing my skill level as well. Now I will say, um, you know, for me, it's, so I like cars right now. I'm into supercars a lot. Um, I have a Ferrari, I have a Lamborghini, obviously Range Rover and, and, a and a custom Porsche. Everything's custom. I do. I like cars and people, and I'm always getting more <laughs> and people ask me, Oh my God, like, what is it with you in cars? You have a car. You only like you only need a car. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain this to you, but that's not true. I don't need a car. I need cars based on my moods, okay? First of all. Second of all, my mind shifted so dramatically when a friend of mine, and I mean a literal friend of mine, okay? He's a billionaire. He collects jets. His five jets. Jets. Like like challengers, like not Cessnas, jets, like intercontinental jets. Okay. And I'm like, and I literally caught myself. I said, why do you need these? And I went, this is like me in the cars. The next level you mean to tell me is jets. The next level of what you collect are jets. Okay. 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 I'm not thinking big enough. Okay. So for those of you who are comfortable, get around things where you're like, what? So like this morning, I've been in a $5 million home. I've been in a $4 million home. I've been in a $2.8 million home. I put in an offer on a $2.4 million home. Like I'm around things that are bigger and bolder and better than me. It makes me go, gah, ah, all right, JL, like you doing it, but you not really doing it yet. Like you cannot get comfortable with the money you're making right now because no, like it's cool. You got a Rolex. Try having 40, you know, or like, and it's not about material things at all. Like I don't want to be misunderstood. Okay. But like, I want you to think about what that next level is for you. For me, I'm able to contribute at such a high level. Uh, the first year I donated over $100,000 to charity was, was three years ago. And I just keep upping it. I keep upping it. Like, I love it. I feel so good when I donate. Like, I love it. So change your circle and change your vision. When you change your circle, you'll change your vision. You'll start getting uncomfortable. If you make 50 grand a year and you try to hang out with a circle full of millionaires, you are going to feel like a piece of crap. Not because you are a piece of crap, because you're going to be like, what is wrong with me? Why am I watching freaking Netflix? Why do I have a Hulu subscription? What am I doing with my uh, Google or Amazon Prime Plus? I don't know what any of them are called. I don't have none of them. Okay, what am I doing watching TV? What am I doing going out and drinking on the weekends? What am I doing? No, I need to save my money and I need to go to the mastermind and pay to be these people's friends. Like, I'm not even joking, right? So, I don't know. I'm, I'm like on a tangent about it, but I really feel like if people would change their vision, if people would change their circle, a whole lot of stuff would change in their life. I'm very passionate about that.
No, I completely agree. The, you know, it's, I like how you put it. You said before they're like, they're people too. They're, they're not super humans, you know? And a lot of people, they have this weird misconstrued idea when they look at someone who's hyper successful that it's either they're insanely talented or they just had really good opportunities. And when you actually get to speak to some of them, you realize, oh, like this is just another person who did things differently. And I'm just not doing what they're doing, right. you know? The other thing too, I'm curious, I wanna get your opinion because I know one thing that changed a lot for me, uh, like several years ago, I remember I worked, I was working at a tech startup and I was just fed up of the job and I wanted to go, um, and I was a shareholder in the company, but I was just tired of what I was doing. And I just decided to quit. And I said, I'm way too comfortable. Uh, I had way too easy, like things were too easy and I needed to deliberately slap some struggle onto my life and I ended up um I didn't have it was either we rented an office for the company I just started or it's I had an apartment so it was either we have an office or I'm homeless I went with homeless essentially and slept in the office until we were able to afford I could afford a place of my own and fire in that insanely like like waiting for everyone to like we're just kind of confused because I was always at the office and it's, I would sleep on the couch and make sure I was up before anyone showed up. Right. It's putting in a situation. I put myself in a deliberately crappy situation to force myself out of it. And had I not do, done that, I know I'd be 10 steps behind. So I think it can go both ways. If you're not used to being around these su- successful people, you have to put yourself there. And if you feel you're too comfortable, sometimes it's you literally have to like put yourself in a situation of just like almost misery to realize how good you had it before and then use that to your advantage. So there's a, there's yeah, a I lot of really it. successful entrepreneurs with similar stories like that. So I love that. Like people that would live in the back of their stores or whatever, and nobody knew, you know, yeah. nobody knew, or like, um, this is a Gary Vaynerchuk thing, but he's like, why do you have, why do you live alone? Why do you have an apartment? Like you should live in a one bedroom apartment with five people. Like, or like whatever the struggle is, but it makes you want to get out of it. It makes you hustle harder. Like this is like perfect timing. I'm currently homeless. It's not like how it seems, but like I'm homeless because my, my house was actually a death trap. It was molding since the day, since before I moved in, there was a leak. I didn't know. So I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker the entire year that I lived there. Um, and now I'm living literally in a friend, like she has a big house, so it's not that dramatic, but like I'm living in her house with her kids. They're my God kids, so it's not that awful, but like her husband, herself, her two kids, her dog, my dogs, she's a cat. Like this is a lot for an introvert. Uh, my level of get me the hell out of here, like I love her to death. My level of get me the hell out of here, okay, like I just said, I put an offer on a $2.4 million home today. And I'm like, damn, I was thinking I was going to buy like a 1.2. Nope, I guess we're, this, this 2.4 is on the market. It fits all the criteria. Buy it. You know, buy it. We'll figure it out. Buy it. Buy it. Like, it's not a joke. You know, now I, I obviously make enough money to afford it. It's not an irresponsible purchase. But I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> wow. All right. We're really going to drop half a million on a house and then do, okay. All right. Like, how am I, like, I'm uncomfortable. I know I'm going to up-level. That's just what happens. Do you think there's a downside to comparing yourself? Because a lot of people will say that, you you know, you want to compare yourself to who you were 
uh, yesterday, not to, I think that's Jordan Peterson. He says, you want to compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Do you think that there is a downside? Because what you're talking about is, you know, comparing yourself to someone who's much more, I wouldn't say comparing, but you're, you're looking at someone else who's in a different situation than you. Do you think there is a downside to doing that? So first of all, I love Dr. Jordan Peterson. 12, 12 laws, man, like, or 12 rules. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, I read that book probably four years ago and was like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm actually. The wall behind, the wall behind, you'll see, we, I just ordered them. Well, I can't yeah, see anything because, you know, your camera. My, but. Yeah, I know there's something wrong with our connection, but you'll see after the whole wall here, we're putting a mural. It's the, it's the 12 new rules from his new book. So he has like these, anyways, you'll see it's going to be on the wall. You'll see it eventually. I'll send you a picture when it's up. But yeah, I love Jordan Peterson too. So I love him. I'm actually carnivore and that started from him. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So yep. that's where the, I was going to ask you, where did the ketones come from? Why, why did you get into ketones? It must have something to do with um, that. I'll go there, but first let me answer the Jordan thing and I'll do that. Yes. Um, yes. For me, it's not a comparison thing. I do not compare myself to my friend Terry. Like... That is dangerous. I am not 50 years old. I am not yet a billionaire. I am not all of these things that he is, right? Um, what I do see, though, is what I like to do is I like to say, I see this in me, and I see that in you, and I see how we're aligned there and where I can learn and I can grow, right? So it's not that I think I should be where he is. You know what I mean? Um, it's that, oh my God, that's possible for a normal person that grew up broke in the country. This man is a billionaire. He started in the country, joined a network marketing company, turned his network marketing money into other investments, didn't just buy a bunch of designer crap like a bunch of these kids do these days, and then turned it into a billion, billion, multi-billion dollar enterprise. Like, to me, it's not about, well, why am I not like Terry yet? Why am I not like Ryan in my fleet of cars? Why am I not? No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, oh my God, we're not that much different. That means that's in my future. For me, if you don't know what the possibilities are, then you stop where you are. Like if you have no idea where the possibilities are, you stop right where you are. So there's that. I don't know if your connection just went out. My connection went out. Okay, we're good. I'm good. I hope you're, you're still good. You still there? Okay, you're there. Cool. All right. I don't know. Something weird just happened. Um, now, as for the, the keto stuff, that is actually... Okay, we're back. Yeah, we're good. That's actually Tim Ferriss. So you're probably familiar with Tim Ferriss. Um, if you're not, you should be. You're a podcaster. You should know about Tim. But um, so 12, 11 years ago... Uh, yeah, yeah. Huh? Yes, we're good. Hello? Uh oh. Hello? Okay, I can hear you. You're in and out again. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. So, so 10. Okay, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Sorry about that. It's okay. So, like 11, 12 years ago, I went, or I was, uh, I guess I might have read. I was just reading his blog, his blog, I guess, at the time, because there was no podcast. So, I was reading Tim Ferriss's blog. I found Tim Ferriss from somebody else who I no longer talk about because he doesn't like network marketing. Screw him. But anyway, I loved this one man who led me to Tim Ferriss 11, 12 years ago. And Tim Ferriss was talking about intermittent fasting. And I remember reading this blog and thinking, this man is a psycho. He doesn't eat until 1 p.m. every day. Like, don't you know breakfast is the most important meal of the day? Like, I was this person, right? I'm like, what? Oh, no, like, you can't do that. You'll die. You'll shrivel up and die. You'll be starving. You'll have no nutrition in your brain or whatever. I didn't know anything about ketosis or whatever. Um, and 
I started seeing like all these results and I was like much bigger then, right? So I'm like, oh, well, that could be kind of cool to get into some fitness. Like if I change breakfast, that could be like my first step. And so I like did his whole thing with like amino acids and I, I slowly but surely, it didn't take that long, but I got to a point where I was not eating until one o'clock in the afternoon, just like Tim Ferriss. And I had all of the results he said, like my energy was crazy. I was losing fat like crazy. I was having great performance in the gym comparatively because I was clearly out of shape. Uh, immediately, my school, I was in college at the time. My, like literally my studies, like I, my grades went up like my brain was on fire I'm like what it, from not eating breakfast like this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard like I thought there's no way this is real so then I started like finding out what it is and this is so long ago this is way before exogenous ketones existed and I started reading about it and I was like oh and he's talking about how I'm in ketosis that's what that is so 12 years ago I did cyclical ketogenic so I would eat keto uh, Monday through Friday, and then I would eat carbohydrates on Saturday and Sunday. And I would feel so good, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, I'd be like, oh, the carbs. Sunday, oh, the carbs. Uh, and then Monday, oh, God, I'm like, Ugh. Tuesday's kind of like, ah, Wednesday, I'm great again, right? So it was like this crazy cycle, of, but I didn't really understand the science behind it. Got off of keto. This is, like I said, 12 years ago, 11 years ago. And then didn't really think anything of it until Tim's book, Tools of Titans, came out. I wonder if it's in this office. It's probably somewhere in this office, honestly, because I'm at my corporate office. But Tools of Titans came out, and I went ahead and I grabbed it because I... Oh, it's... Well, there's Tribe of Mentors. I don't know where Tools of Titans is. But anyway, so I grabbed his book because I was reading everything Tim Ferriss. I still love him. And he's talking in this book about a product. I will never forget. I was flying to Australia. This is five years ago. I was flying to Australia and I opened it. I think it's like page 37 of Tools of Titans. And he's talking about this company, prove it. And they're exogenous ketones that put you in ketosis in an hour or less. And it's the most amazing supplement. And I knew it was an MLM and it wasn't my MLM. And Tim Ferriss was like, my dude. And I get so pissed off on the middle of this flight. I slam the book shut and I'm like offended. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Tim Ferriss is, is backing an MLM and it's not mine. Like, <laughs> I was so upset about it. And then God works in mysterious ways. Long, long story short, when I was terminated from my company, um, I really wanted to try this product because, of course, I, I, I refused. I'm like, there's no way you go in ketosis in an hour or less. There's no way you can get fat loss, muscle preservation, sleep, skin, mood, focus, energy, and digestion from a freaking pack of products. There's no way. It's impossible. Well. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone does it. Like, now everybody tries to copy us, but we have all the patents. Now all these scientists and doctors all around the world are obsessed with our product. It's... It's really cool. It's crazy. It all started from that, though. All started from that. I don't. I don't eat keto at all. Um, people ask me all the time. Like I don't eat keto anymore. Um, but uh, I there's not a day for forty months now that I have not drank ketones every day. Uh, well, that's. I think too. Like again, I'm not. I'm. I don't follow a, a ketogenic diet either. I don't do uh, intermittent fasting either. But I will from time to time do like a three day fast. Uh, where just because, like you said, it, it, I don't know, it does something to you, especially mentally, cognitively, like it's a good reset. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So, uh, you, but you're, you're carnivore, you said, right? Yeah. 
That would, but that does, isn't that My fat's not really high enough. My fat's not high enough. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, I would need probably, I'd need like, I'd need, I would need a lot more fat. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Like in, you mean in, in your diet? Yeah, to go into nutritional ketosis. Okay, okay, so you're doing... You're doing main, like you're doing leaner meats and stuff. Not really, no. But like, if you're gonna go into ketosis nutritionally, like eating meats, you're gonna need you're you're gonna need a lot more fats. So I would need to eat like I prefer like a New York strip. I would need like four or five tablespoons of butter with it. I don't need that much yeah. on a good cut of meat. I don't need that much butter. You know. Okay. So even if you're having like, because I know like I I like um, Michaela Peterson. She talks a lot about it. And she says like for example, if you're having ribeye for your meals, like that would do it. Yeah, like you'll be in low levels of ketosis. I hover at like, I like to be around three. My millimolars, I like to be around three. I'm only going to get that if I'm using exogenous ketones as well. It's just not possible. Like, like you'll have, like technically uh, nutritional ketosis starts right around like 0. 0.6. 0. 0.6, yeah. But like, you'll feel good, but I feel like a freaking superhero. <laughs> So what's what's better? Come on, Nick. What's better? Good superhero. Good superhero. Pass me the ketones. I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready for superhero. Hundred <laughs> percent. And so when you say it, it works within an hour. Someone who's been eating carbs all like every day for the last five years, if they take it, even someone like that who's not been transitioning, they'll be able to kick into into ketosis. You'll literally be able to test your blood within the hour. Yes. You'll feel it in your brain in like 10 minutes. You'll feel it in your brain like, whoa. Like if you've ever felt ketosis before, you'll be like, oh my God. (laughs) Like, you know, like you don't even need to test your blood. But like, I didn't believe it was real. So I used to test my blood like every 10 minutes. I was a crazy person. Like, how about now? How about now? (laughs) So whatever. You're you're getting me really curious now. That's one supplement I never played with. Like I love, I love trying different supplements and stuff. I'm always messing around with different stuff. I've never tried out exogenous ketones and you're getting me very curious. You told me you like Joe Rogan. Come on now. You betraying your boy, Joe. Joe loves ketones. (laughs) Let's go. Joe Rogan loves ketones. Let's go. He got me on things like CBD. I do uh, curcumin um, supplements in the morning. Yeah. I do a lot of different stuff that I always, there's, I'm taking this like all natural. It's called, um, uh, shout out to Afro-D. It's this natural uh, testosterone booster. It's really, cool. really cool. I tried a bunch of different stuff, but I think you're getting me on taquita, onto ketones now. Damn, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yep. Hey, link tree in the bio. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spotted it 100%. We'll, we'll talk after. <laughs> fire um uh so for you you know you we're talking about you know like upping your income you know living a different type of lifestyle for you at the end of the day though with everything you're doing like what's what's the end goal like what what's your what's like what's your purpose or what kind of meaning do you get in doing all this because again cars jets it's all fun like it's it's cool to have that stuff but if you're just focused on that again you know sometimes life can get a little bit you can get to that stuff so for you sure so what kind of i'm not materially i am not materially driven i do like nice things um but that doesn't drive me and anybody who says they're driven by money i think you can start being driven by money like when you're broke like i was Mm. money really mattered when i was broke and then it just didn't you can you will burn out really fast if it's all about the money 
So for me, the end goal doesn't exist because my driving force in my life is around servitude. So coming on a podcast like this, I don't know who I'm serving, but I know that this is like a check in the bank of servitude. Somebody's going to hear it and hear a message they need, right? Um, Anytime I go live, anytime I post, anytime I TikTok, anytime I do a coaching call, anytime I do mentorship, anytime I upload a podcast of my own, anytime I help anyone with anything, answer a DM, it's a check mark in the box of servitude for me. And I am very servant driven. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Dharma, right? D-H-A-R-M-A. You can just Google it if you don't, but like it's your driving force in life. Well, my Dharma is around learning, teaching, serving. Like when somebody messages me and they're like, oh my God, you said blah, 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 blah. You said pressure is a privilege. You said pressure is a privilege on the podcast. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Or like whatever it is that changed my life. Like I'm just saying, I said it on here. So I'm just, you know, using an example. Like that is the biggest hit of dopamine for me. That is better than a 50,000. I mean, what is $50,000? Money's fake anyway, right? So... I mean, money's real, but money's fake. Money's power, but whatever, different conversation. Um, but I mean, it's fake. It sounds like little numbers in a computer, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but those little like, whoa, somebody's life has changed. Whoa, whoa. Like, um, as an example, you know, last night we had our 129th and 130th car earners in business. Um, that ripple effect in 40 months, these people are making thousands and thousands of dollars a month one of them last night was 21 years old now she gets to drive a free luxury vehicle and she's on there like your mentorship your coaching your training i'm like oh my god like that to me i don't care the money at all i've made that girl's life has changed because i showed up and coached her yeah you know there's no end goal there how many lives can you change before your your existence on this earth ends i like that and the thing too that's that's something i feel a lot of people especially younger entrepreneurs they they kind of lack they're just getting into it and they're they're just excited about the money and things like that but i couldn't agree more with what you said how you're gonna burn out if that's your if that's all yeah and like i'm i don't want to be a saint i don't want you to think that i'm like you know the second coming of christ i'm not like Guys, I like stuff. Like, these Louis shoes are doing it for me. Like, okay. Oh, God, I just knocked my iPad over. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, geez, Jeepers Creepers. Like, I mean, I don't want to act like I'm, you know, baby Jesus, right? But there's just more to it. It's just, I get it when you're broke. You think it's all about the money, but the money is where you start. It's definitely not where you end, and it's definitely not what's going to bring you, um, it's not going to bring you the joy you think it is. Like, I, I, I know for people, especially that are broke right now, they're listening to this and they're thinking, no, like, when I make $10,000, I promise I'm going to be happy. Like, $10,000 a month, I, I know I'm going to be happier. You want to bet? I'll bet you. Yeah. And the thing, too, that, you know, like you said, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be Mother Teresa to make a difference. I think a lot of people, they overlook how much of a difference they can make even with their small, like with a small company. Like I was just talking, I was having this exact conversation with another agency owner. One thing they were saying is like, well, well, Nick, I mean, what can an agency do to really like make any improvement in the world? I said, well, you said you're looking to hire a web designer. Uh, you need a new, uh, designer, right? He said, yeah. I said, I bet you anything you're working with a dozen freelancers already in Venezuela 
or like in the Philippines and and Pakistan. He's like, yeah. I said, well, are any of them like stellar? I said, he said, yeah. I said, well, why don't instead of you hiring someone here in house, why don't you set up a visa program with them and bring them here? Like that's what I would do in that situation. That's what we want to do. And he was like, holy crap, I didn't think of that. So that's just with again with a little rinky dink agency, a team of twelve. You could you totally change someone's life by helping them. I don't know if he's going through with it, but it's like that's this is an example. It's very. I told him exactly how to do it. The process. You gotta just. You have to go. You apply for your visa. Even here in Canada, the government will even pay for half of their salary for the first year because you're bringing in a new professional. So it's like you're just like there's so much good in doing something like that. And any company, you don't have to be as on. You don't have to be from Buffett and billions. Everyone can make a. You know, again, like you said, if you're just making an impact in one person's life. It's that's huge. That's huge, and it doesn't have to be. You don't have to make that much of an effort or change things up that much to do it. And you're just, and then that person most likely is going to go off and do something to help someone else because they. That's just human nature. They want to share in in things like that, and most people want to pass it on. So, uh, yeah, I I really cannot agree more with with what you're saying. I love it. I love it. So listen, um, this has been fun. I don't want to keep you any longer because uh, you got to go and figure stuff out with the new house. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure you're busy. So finishing a podcast. Find you? Where can everyone find you? Is this? Are you the lender? Yeah. Fire. He's trying to give you money. All right, trying to give me money. Give me five minutes. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So, so where can everyone find you on Instagram? Awesome. Um, I mean, where can everyone find you on, on social media? Can, uh, Instagram is I'm Boss Lee. TikTok, I'm Boss Lee. Facebook, Jesse Lee Ward. My podcast is The People's Mentor. And uh, I'm accessible everywhere. So feel free to shoot a message wherever and uh, I will get back to you. Boom. I love it. Jesse Lee. I remember the Lee this time. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. <laughs>